from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Ryan and I decided that we were going to go back to the gym, seriously. Because you know what? When you're a blogger... Because we do everything together. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, well, not everything. I do thankfully have a girlfriend. But uh, we, we, just... do, we do her together as too. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> that would be horrible. Uh, no offense. So we decided that we were going to get back in shape because you know what? Sitting on your computer all day blogging is... Uh, Pretty good way to become, uh, I don't know, a big fat guy. Yeah, it's a recipe for a heart attack. And uh, now that it's nice and warm outside, I say, there's nothing better than going out and doing a bit of exercise and everything like that. I encourage everybody out there to do it because if you're going to think logically about it and rationally, it's all atheists, all good atheists do. Yeah. You will realize that what's the point of anything if you don't have your health? Your existence is all you have. It's fools. really, it's, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, you know what? One of the things that I noticed, I mean, uh, when I quit my job and started doing this thing full time, doing that and Fight Linker full time, I mean, I used to before before I, I was just working at home. I was working in an office, but every like a three times a week minimum, I was always going to the gym, and I was in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, six months have, has a way of kicking your ass. You know, especially, especially when you do a job that's uh, very not physical. Yeah. <laughs> Tapping on the keyboard, being a keyboard warrior. Now, I want to ask you a religious-related question about heaven and fitness. Heaven and fitness. If All you're right. a big, fat piece of shit and you die and go to heaven, are you still a big, fat piece of shit? Or are you, like, restored to your godly... Uh, continents? Well, you know, it's, it it's a funny question because they always used to have like a lot of discussions about that, particularly actually how it how to deal with amputees and uh, other people with physical deformities. And, and it was and dogs and cats and everything, all of the other things that you need to make you happy, like you know, fitness and limbs and your well, animals and your possessions. Well, you know, at, at some point, I remember that there were a number of animals that were excommunicated by the church. One of these was actually a woodworm. Mm. That and the, you want to know why the woodworm was excommunicated? Because it was like damaging crops, I imagine. <laughs> no, it was a funnier reason. Is because there was this pontiff, um, like a cardinal, who sat in one of those, like in a, in a chair, but it had been eaten by woodworms. So the chair broke apart, and he fell down, and he hit his head, and he became mentally retarded. <laughs> like he, his brain stopped and, working and, properly. And, and did he excommunicate? No, he the didn't. But the church, in response. To it had a debate about whether or not they they should excommunicate the worms, but there was the debate was whether or not those worms that were alive and had eaten the majority of them were in fact sinful, or if they had inherited the sin of the original worms that had been the one to invade the wood in the first place. Well, you got to figure if they're living in one chair, it is a, a family. It is a uh, what, what, what's it what's it called in in a the Bible like a blood a bloodline. Like, well, we're, you yeah, know how, like, and, and woodworm one beget woodworm yeah, two exactly. through 20,000, and then those woodworms beget 10,000 more woodworms. Well, this is why the woodworm was excommunicated, because it was found that uh, the sins of the father were passed on to the son. So it was that simple, 
And, uh, you know, uh, something similar was, was supposedly happened for us, but then Jesus came along and apparently made everything okay. Sucks as long to be as you... born, uh, six, what is it, all like from 6,000 years to, what, 2,000 years ago? Uh, yeah. Sucks to, be, sucks to be anyone. Well, You're, Everyone's in hell. Did you ever read the Divi- uh, Dante's Divine Comedy, also probably known to you as Dante's Inferno? Do I look like the kind of guy who's read Dante's Inferno? Well, we have it in the library shelf. I don't know. I'm giving the thumbs up. <laughs> actually, part of Dante's Inferno actually deals with the fact that Jesus goes to hell and comes to rescue some of the saints that were born before he was around. Mm. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, it's described very tongue-in-cheek, too, at the time kind of a thing. So, yeah, it did suck for those guys to literally be trapped in hell for 4,000 years. But apparently somebody came down and saved them. So wait, is Dante's Inferno kind of like the animal farm of religion? Uh, I don't know if I'd call it that. It's kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of its own thing. But it's worth checking out? Eh, it's worth checking out. You know, it's like one of those things where... Uh, I just don't want to read it and find out that it sucks balls. No, know? it there's, there's, suck there's, balls. there's a lot of like, you know, Buckmeister, Buckminster Fuller? Buckminster Fuller, yeah. Yeah, no, he sucks. He was a genius, but he's a terrible writer. Absolutely. Dante was a cool, good writer, though. And, and I mean, it's written as poetry. That's the whole thing. It's a huge po- uh, like a book of poems, basically. So if you don't like poetry, stay clear. Mm. Stay clear. But I... Uh, you know, Personally, I read about a third of it, and I will admit it got a little bit long. I mean, I can't, I can only read so much poetry, but it was interesting to kind of like, because he goes through all the different levels of hell. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's amusing to, to see his journey through there and, and how kind of it was interpreted at the time, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's the excommunication, excommunication of worms. So I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of hilarious. Awesome. Very <laughs> awesome. All right, let's start the show. There's uh, one thing I wanted to talk about. I, I wrote uh, this, um, so you should go check it out. There's an article about a, a man by the name of James Corbett, and he was found uh, guilty of violating the First Amendment. Uh, and uh, his violation was basically calling creationism uh, basically a bunch of religious and superstitious nonsense. Now, of course, you can get away with saying this in most in most situations, except when you happen to be a what high school teacher. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it, basically the the suit was brought on by one of his students who complained, saying that he had some kind of anti-religious agenda, and uh, yeah, that basically this was a uh, this was a violation, of, according to him, of, of the uh, the First Amendment. And the the federal court ruled in favor uh, that he was indeed violating it. Now I decided I was going to the do, teacher was that the teacher was. So I decided just for shits and giggles, I was going to go do a little bit of research and find out. Okay, well. Why would it be considered a violation? As far as I understood, the First Amendment covered freedom of speech, which I'm pretty sure saying religion, I mean, creationism is religious, superstitious nonsense qualifies. Oh, yeah. It's practically why freedom of speech exists. So you can say, so you have the freedom to speech that kind of speech. (laughs) Speech that kind of speech. I'm going to speech it. I'm going to totally speech it. You totally spoached that. I I spoached it. Good. And uh, also it deals uh, also with with a a particular clause that says, you know, uh, the exclusion uh, clause, which basically says that you cannot uh, include or or give any favorable treatment to a religion. Um, And, uh, you know, and it's been interpreted at least more recently since the 1970s as it also, you know, Meaning that schools cannot teach or give special treatment to religions. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason it's, it was around actually is because until that time they were still paying, you know, Catholic teachers and stuff like that. Uh, 
giving them money for their their, their schools, and everyone said like, uh, "Dirty Catholic schools." It's like, why are we paying these religious guys? And they lost a huge amount of income. That must have pissed them off. Something good, you know? You're having a free ride for a little while, and all of a sudden they're like, "Sorry, your religion, no money for you." Well, you gotta understand that all of this shit that's happened to all the religious people. This has happened over the past thirty years. They've seen a pretty serious slip in power. So you, I, when you wonder why all these people are so worked up to the point. Where they think it's end of days, and uh, and you know they, they got to push it along so that they can have the uh, wait, what the heck is that still? I, I'm fucking drawing a, a, a brain fart. Uh, you know that whole revelation happens, and then everybody well, gets left behind. Rapture? Yeah, the rapture. The rapture. You forgot about rapture? I forgot about the rapture. I don't know how you could forget it. It's like the sweetest thing. You know what? When rapture hap- if if rapture was ever to happen, everyone would finally be like, God damn it. Oh, it's awesome. All the religious nut jobs are gone. It's like, it is truly a paradise yeah, now. Yeah, but you can't have half of it true and them leaving without, what was it, the four horsemen coming down? And Why? Can... Why does that part have to be true and all of a sudden the other part uh, be true as well? I'm like, they could have gotten half the story right. <laughs> you know, like, for instance, they're all raptured to hell. <laughs> like, it's punishment. How awesome would that be? Like, they just interpreted it wrong. I think a person could write a funny story. About how you know pretty much rapture happens, but not for the reason that oh, everybody there, thinks there, it There's does. a whole bunch of science fiction stories where basically the who they thought was God and, and the whole like here is how here is how you save the world was actually here is how you destroy the world and it was one of the one of those nice little alien tricks from outer space. It sounds actually more uh, religious than alien kind of like uh, in terms of storylines because it, it it does revelations is one of those things that I think if you take it. As being true, it's just one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. And you will bring about the end of the world. Just because you expect it to happen. You recognize that this is something desirable. So why would you not sort of like set it in motion? (laughs) It can be interpreted that way. Why not? You're like, well, you know, it talks about balls of fire. And uh, nukes are giant balls of fire. So why can't I just, you know, commandeer a couple nukes and get this fucker rolling? In the most simplified manner possible. You could consider them to be that, but... Well, uh, you know, obviously they they always take this approach of saying, well, back when they wrote that, they must not have known what a nuke was, but they saw it in visions. I'm like, well, there are plenty of balls of fire. I'm like, (laughs) it doesn't mean anyone had any prophetic vision in in the future. It just means that they're like, look, balls of fire are bad. Yeah, 21st century didn't have the lock on uh, on horrible destruction, trust me. Horrible destruction was raining down all the time. Anyways, I feel like we're getting on a total side quest. We are getting on a bit on, on a tangent. So basically... I, I was doing a little bit more research as to it because it, it didn't really explain in the article why uh, it was still being regarded as a First Amendment violation. So I looked a little bit deeper into the court transcripts. And according to the transcripts, the student had claimed that the, that the teacher was pushing forward a secular religion in class. Uh, so atheism, in other words. So he says, this is a secular religion. He's pushing it forward in class, and it is therefore an, uh, a violation of the Establishment Clause in the First Amendment. And they found that that was true. So you remember those whole debates about whether or not atheism is a religion? Well, according to the fucking, to these courts, it is. So I'm like, where's my tax, for, like, where's my tax-free shit, bitches? <laughs> it's like, if it is a violation to talk about atheism in school because it's like a, it fails the Establishment Clause, then I'm a religion, and I should be entitled to all the benefits. No? Oh, no. Apparently, no, I'm not. It's all the negative sides of uh, of everything. So well, that's great. How long ago did this happen? Is this just something this that popped recently. up now? This is recently. 
I just don't understand how stuff like this, you know, you, you hear all this kooky stuff or you have days where there's nothing really going on in atheism and then you find out that there was a trial going on for several months involving a teacher who who was just basically teaching. <laughs> who was doing his thing. Who was... Who was, who was doing the, how he described, because he wrote an article um, on Open Salon, which actually is what you gave me, which didn't explain what had happened to him at all, but was very, you know, very flowery, bringing up uh, Socrates yeah, and exactly. that kind of stuff. And I thought it was very, like, I don't know if he, at first it was like, well, you're comparing yourself to Socrates. That's a pretty high uh, standard there. But mm -hmm. you know what? It was well written enough that I could say, well, he was a fairly intelligent guy, and he's pushing people to think. Yeah. And and you know the real the part that really pissed me off, and this is the thing that I wrote, is just saying like, listen, you know, he was making a factual claim. He's saying that this is superstitious nonsense, and it's and it's garbage. Now, creationism makes a claim about the natural world. I mean, it is religious at heart, but it still makes factual claims. So if you go around saying, well, this is false. Uh, then you know you are also making a factual claim. Well, He's not making a claim based on no information, or it's not a religious claim at all. Here's the the two things that he was talking about in the in the court case uh, that, that basically had been brought up against him. Number one, he said that uh, they were unhappy with how he had how he had basically uh, said that the the, peop the initial people that had come over to the United States. Uh, oh, the Puritans. Yeah, yeah. the Puritans. Uh, how everybody? Oh, they 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 left to escape religious persecution, and they were you know nice. Nice people, nice Christian, ni nice Christians, and there's nothing wrong with them. And, and basically, he put forward that whole thing of, okay, well, if these people are such good people, what's up with all of the witch burning and everything like that? And apparently, that was uh, that was considered to be anti or or, or pro secular, or blasphemous, or who pro, knows? pro secular, pro secular. And, and then the go. other thing that he had brought up was that uh, he also challenged the whole Christian nation thing, which we have challenged many times before, and he. He wrapped up quite nicely by showing Thomas Jefferson's version of the Bible, which you got to agree when when Jesus dies and he dies, that doesn't sound like Christianity to me. No, that's uh, that's pretty much the end of that. That's just like he got killed. The end. <laughs> they put a giant boulder in front of his grave, and there he remained. <laughs> well, the Jeff Jefferson Bible is the Bible with all the supernatural elements taken out, so you can imagine that it is not. A, a very thick volume. It is very, very thin because he only focuses on kind of like the moral teachings that make sense. Mm. Because if you if you accept that he's a god, his moral teachings make no sense whatsoever. You're like you are you are amoral. You you are saying that I need to believe in you to have salvation. That is an amoral. <laughs> uh, I like this whole you know everybody um, had salvation kind of thing. Yeah, well, not just that, but also you know the fact. Well, of, does he even include salvation? If you're getting rid of all of the whatever, then are you even subscribing to the whole heaven thing? No, I don't think. As far as I understand, there's no real mention of that either. Uh, but I mean, again, Jefferson was a was a deist, so I I won't pretend to know exactly what he believed. Yeah. All I can know is that from his from the Jefferson Bible, you can conclude that he was not really a Christian. No, uh, and it's funny that he he also mentions the fact that uh, none of the founding fathers would ever get voted in because they wouldn't be considered to be true Christians. You know, it's like Obama, and everyone's like, he's a fake Christian. What? Can somebody answer me, please? What the fuck a fake or a real Christian is? Because none of you have an idea. You, you got to understand that everybody. All religious people, not all religious people, but a lot of religious people look at other religious people and, and of course, you know, the judge not lest you be judged, but they just figure, you know, I'll just judge quietly. <laughs> Judge not too loud, yes, ye be heard. Yes. <laughs> That's the better philosophy. Yep. Don't and, be too loud. And, and everybody is always being like, well, he's a Christian, but how much of a Christian is he? How good of a Christian is he? And uh, you know what? There's still a lot of people who probably think that Ted Haggard is a better Christian than uh, 
than many other people. A better person, probably, in general. And you know what? I'm not going to try and pretend you know, that I know what Ted Haggard's like, and I'm not going to say he's a bad person because... He because he likes because, because he, he likes meth and fucking boys. Well, not boys. He doesn't. Well, young, young, young men. Yes, very young men. How young? Very young men. Well, let's just say, like, uh, I don't even think the guy was twenty. Mm. So extremely young. Very, very smoothly skinned young man. Let, let's say something. If if having sex with people under the age of twenty is bad, then let's not go there. I don't want to. I am. You're I'm evil. A, I'm in a glass house. I'm yeah. in a glass house on that one. So right. I'm not going to make any judgments there you on, go, but on you're, him just you're, because you're a shithead. Just because he's got like <laughs> some confused issues about his sexuality, I'm not going to say he's a bad guy. He does definitely seem generally dishonest about everything, but I honestly think that he doesn't get it. He so. creeps me out actually. His smile, ew. It's just it, I I always get the feeling that he's just something's wrong with him. You know what I mean? Like I just never liked his face. But who, who I'm just being jackass. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one of those. I don't like your face yeah. kind of comment. So I don't like his face, but uh, how good or bad of a Christian is he? Like, who the hell knows? I mean, do, do most Christians think that other people have, interpret Christianity the same way that they do? Nobody does. I don't think that there's two people who interpret Christianity in the same way mm -hmm. at all. Like, they all pretend that they interpret it uh, the, the same way, but deep down inside, the way that they either feel God or so on and so forth, everybody's going to have a different, uh, you know, feeling. Well, you know, feeling. I had an, an interesting revelation over the course of the week about my atheism. And, and, and the revelation was that when you think about, say, the church and priests and stuff like that, you think about jerks and child molesters, right? Pretty much. When I think about the church and priests and stuff like that, I think about kind people who do good things. And unfortunately, that's not really the whole story with the church anymore, but that's still my initial feeling. But I don't, you know, here's the difference. I don't view that as something that is inherent to the church. I just view that as something that's inherent to people. Mm. Because, you know, people, regardless of their religious creed, are still going to do things like, you know, start charities, help other people. And I just think that's just because human beings are, you know, have a great deal of empathy regardless of their religion. I would say they have a great deal of empathy sometimes despite their religion that doesn't often teach empathy at all. It's just that empathy is one of those natural things you are born with. You feel bad when you hurt someone. Say when you're a kid, right? And then all of a sudden you're being... Like any other kid, really selfish and that kind of stuff. You grab a toy from someone, and then he starts crying. And, you know, even though you're a selfish little prick, uh, you'll... Just start, feel you'll bad. feel bad. You'll realize, okay, I did something wrong here, and that's just that's just an inherent thing about you. You do not have to have any religious creed for you to understand something as simple as human compassion. So I never attribute that to a religion, though I will say that, for instance, certain religions have been better organized. Like for instance, Quakers were probably the most, like I, 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 you know, a hundred years ago, probably the most moral people that you've met because they believed in progressive uh, work ethics, uh, you know, giving people fair wages and all this other kind of stuff uh and uh and those are great but nobody's talking about the quakers nowadays you don't know who gives a shit about quakers yeah it's pretty like other than their oatmeal i don't care <laughs> it's, it's pretty unfortunate that that whole uh, that whole aspect of being uh, you know what I, i'm not going to say that that aspect of being a good christian is gone now but it definitely seems like it's no longer in the front you're no longer judged as a christian based on how much good you do in the world it's all kind of based on just how how visible you are as a pious individual and i'm like that's the bullshit christianity that i fucking hate but here's the here's the issue i think the reason that that's true now is because christianity 
really, I mean, at, at the heart of it, if you want to go to heaven, according to, say, one of the, like, uh, you know, the guy Jack Trick who has those chick tracks yeah, yeah. or whatever, and all those fundamentalists? Yeah. Well, they tell you that it is not good works that secure your place in heaven. All right? You could save a billion fucking people, but if you don't believe in Jesus, you're still going to hell. And uh, that's what they've been, they've been pushing for more and more. I mean, say, less of this uh, going out and trying to help the world and more sort of trying to go out and spread Jesus. And that's been the switch, you know? Mm. Before, it was like, well, we will do good works and people will start believing in Jesus. But what happened is that other proselytizing religions have put themselves out there and now that there's a competition. I mean, Africa is being torn apart in between sort of uh, Muslims and Christians trying to get a hold of over everybody. And it is battle lines drawn, people. Compassion to the side. We need to fucking spread Christianity. You hungry? You believe in Jesus? Good. Okay, here's a fucking chicken leg. If you say no, you get nothing. You know? It's a, this, is, this is the type of um, mentality that they have in a lot of these places. So, uh, you know, we can't be surprised if the compassion has turned a little bit way down. And plus all those goddamn scams, you know, all those, you know, uh, uh, like, charities where 80% of the money just goes, just goes to feeding the infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. Like how many, how many times did this happen before we started saying like, what the fuck is going on? Or another example, like look in the United States with prosperity churches. Did I, did I, did I talk to you about prosperity churches? I don't believe so. Actually, this will be a good segue. Prosperity churches in the States are kind of like those churches where you go to it. They're prominently black and the prosperity church you go there and you give money to these churches and in return you're supposed to find prosperity that's their whole shtick they're like give 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 you know like they show up and the priests have like fucking nice watches rolexes and their demographic unsurprisingly is the poorest least educated members of society uh and you know like the more they give obviously the less they have they, it, it is the most it is the biggest scam in the United States is these prosperity churches and many of the priests are like uh, you know con men who've converted I'm like what a perfect con to go into you're like well I was I used to be scamming people for uh, you know for with bad checks but now I just started my own prosperity church and I don't ever have to pay taxes and I can just keep taking people's money and give them literally nothing in return now is there anybody uh, again with the whole cast not but is there is there not Anyone in in the religious sphere that's going around, you know, you figure there's enough religious infighting going on that somebody should be going around exposing these frauds. There should be nothing worse than a fraud. The fra the frauds are not being exposed by other Christians. You know what I mean? They're they're, they're being exposed by say the James Randi Educational Foundation that'll go on and say uh, expose guys like Peter Popov. Remember Peter, Peter Popov? He was that guy. That used to go around saying that he could hear people's like ailments, and then he was just kind of yeah, like faith, yeah, he was yeah, a faith yeah. healer. You got you got him and that John John Edwards guy, not the vice presidential one, but the one who could hear dead people. Yeah, yeah, the one who, or uh, von Prague and all these kinds of people. They're 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 hucksters, but they're not exposed by other religious institutions because what they're doing is so similar <laughs> that there's no way they're going to talk against it. It's like, hey, Peter Popov, you you stop asking people for money and and promising that God will heal them. Well, guess what? A lot of people do that. They may say it sort of like in a more subtle manner, sort of like, oh, pray and come pray here and be sure to donate and your prayers will be answered. Mm. But it's the same fucking hoopla. You're still asking people for goddamn money. It's just that the prosperity churches or the scammers are the ones that just kind of 
push people to do it really, really hard. Now, these aren't the churches that are that are giving back in the community or doing. Anything oh God, like that, no, no, no. Prosperity churches do not give back to community. Although sometimes what they do is they have these really smart scams, where they will say, well, "Okay, one of you will win this car." Let's say it's kind of like they they'll do a big drive, and sure, a person will walk away with a car, but it's no better than a lottery, you know. And like, how many people are really who's who? How many people's lives are going to be enriched by a car? You have a car, you got to pay for insurance, you got to pay for gas. It's a giant financial yeah, weight. We, we've already talked about it. We can actually afford to buy a car. We just can't afford to keep it licensed and on the road and full of gas. Yeah, and, I mean, you and, can and buy a car for a couple hundred bucks, but it's it's going to cost you a lot more to just even have it. And imagine, like, you know, shitty cars, they always leak everywhere. They smell terrible. They're unsafe. I mean, don't even get me started. But, like, my point about these kinds of churches is that, look, we're only secular institutions or organizations are denouncing them. And every time we do we do it, they just go back to saying, like, well, don't infringe on our religious rights. I mean, like, the religious people aren't even clamping down on that. They have no idea what to say because they do the same thing. They do the same goddamn thing. Anyways, let's move on to our next subject to actually talk about religion. I wanted to talk about Mormonism uh, for a little, uh, just a little bit. You suggested that once in a while we should just talk about... A given religion. Uh, like, like yeah. for, because, for example, I have no idea. You can tell me this now. Were the, are the Quakers considered... I guess the Quakers are a Christian subgroup, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, they're, basically, the Quakers are or sometimes also the Shakers. Uh, they were just a branch of Christianity. That kind of like The reason they're called Quakers is because when they pray, they do a lot of movement and that kind of stuff but i mean everybody like they had the they were more like presbyterian work hard and sort of like that's how you get into heaven so on and so forth mm. so they were more of a good works oriented christianity but they're still christianity uh but today what i wanted to talk about is a little bit about uh, mormonism because i posted up a video a cartoon in the 1970s that they made about mormonism and at the time it was kind of like one of those um but they know, run it like a red scare type thing watch out for mormonism it felt a little bit like that, I'll be honest. Well, I imagine America must have been very scary. Like, you know, you go through the 60s with all these violent, all this ridiculous violent protests, and then you have this new religious organization kind of in Salt Lake City that's starting to look a little bit worrisome. Well, it's not just, I mean, people were worried about it way before. I mean, in 18, what was it, 1838, there was something called the Mormon Wars. I mean, there were, there were many armed conflicts, uh, you know, due to Mormonism. <laughs> So it was a pretty serious concern. I mean, one of the main reasons why they did have uh, armed conflict was because Mormons were at the time polygamists. <laughs> and that was not really, you know, looked upon kindly. And, at the, you know, they, they were a weird, uh, mysterious new religion. People did not trust them. And what had happened was that they had, they had killed, uh, shortly before the Mormon War, actually, they had killed a settlement of people going through, I think it was Missouri that they were at at the time. Uh, and, like, they had slaughtered 138 people. Uh, and they'd, they'd done so disguised as, as Native Americans, but unfortunately everybody knew that they were Mormons when they did it. Why did they do this? Um, well, they just did it because they felt as though, well, they, they, they viewed the area that they were in as kind of like a, the Garden of Eden. So they wanted to kick out other people that were trying to settle. I mean, you have to remember, imagine at the time, all of this open land, but everybody's just free to come in and just make claims to land basically you would you would defend that right basically it's kind of like copyright and trademark now where everybody's trying to stake their ownership over everything and they'll do whatever it takes to yeah do it. exactly exactly but i mean the, the the cartoon here's the thing i mean the, the tenets that the cartoon describes like for instance the fact that uh you know jesus and um, lucifer were brothers or what? that adam was a god before going to the garden of eden what 
Um, I'm, I'm going to just discuss most awesome. of these. Anyways, these are these are kind of like there are a number of tenets in Mormonism that have been slowly abandoned by Mormons. Um, and it's just because there's not just the Book of Mormon that describes Mormonism. There's a, there's two more. Um, um, what's what we're looking for? Tomes. Uh, tomes. Yeah. Okay. The other religious text includes something called the Doctrines and Covenants, and another one called the Pearl of Great Price. These are kind of um, a collection of um, writings, testaments, and that kind of stuff that followed after the Book of Mormon. And were they be- still written by John Smith? Well, well, I mean Joseph Smith. Where? Basically, Joseph. <laughs> um, Joseph. Shows why I need an yeah. education, eh? Joseph Smith basically continued to say that he was getting revelations from uh, the angel Moroni, because uh, that's that's basically Moroni was the last of the neophytes. Do you want me to go back all the way to, to the beginning, or, or how far all, back do you want me to go? It's all good. I mean, we can, we can keep it kind of the general. Gist. No, no. You know what? Like, I'll, I'll explain it in detail. It's the bonus show. People are paying money for it, so we might as well explain True it in that. detail. Okay. Basically, you have to think of um, uh, that there is a planet uh, far away. And that on this planet were, was basically Elohim, a god. And he had just a buttload of goddess wives. And he just started fucking around and uh, getting a whole bunch of babies, a couple billion in fact. And it was kind of like a decision of, well, what do we do with these babies? Well, let's send them off to Earth, right? Then he asks kind of like his other sort of like fellow gods, one of them being Jesus, his son, and Lucifer, also his son, sort of like, all right, which one of you will go over there and be the leader, the savior. So Lucifer was like, me and I shall dominate them and blah, blah, blah. And Jesus is like, well, let's give them free choice and I want to go. So basically, Jesus is chosen, but about, but uh, Lucifer manages to convince a third of the, of the people that, you know, he's, uh, he should be the Messiah and he gets turned into a demon and so do they. So they just are, are, are cursed. Uh, they also become black people. Um, they have the curse of Cain about them. Uh, and the curse of Cain is like one of those things. Well, you remember Cain and Abel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, when Cain was punished for killing Abel, basically he was, it, it's become to interpret by most Christians at the time as meaning that the mark of Cain is essentially blackness. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that black people were essentially the descendants of Cain. A, t- a tainted evil or, man. Or Canaanites. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tainted or evil men. So basically, uh, all right. So everybody gets you know, put on earth, um, and uh, Jesus, you know, they, he still dies and, 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 and is resurrected, but he also is resurrected in the Americas, where he talks to the people that are there, and uh, he, he tells them about the gospel and about how America is going to be the new Garden of Eden, but not everybody agrees, and they have a fight over it, and there's two clans. There's the Neophytes, who are supposed to be the good guys, and there's the Lamanites, who's supposed to be the bad guys. Now, the Lamanites win, for some weird, weird reason. And God makes them all dark-skinned in, yeah. in response. That they become Native Americans. Uh-huh. And the last survivor, uh, Moroni, takes the golden tablets of what basically make the Mormon book, hides them somewhere in New England where they're later discovered about uh, a thousand years later by Joseph Smith, who at the time was a soothsayer. And he was I think he was being regularly tarred and feathered, actually, because he was a big, giant scammer. Anyways, this big, <laughs> giant scammer... Gets a revelation that there are these golden plates. 
and he gets them. He actually gets them written, translated by somebody else who never sees the golden plates, but who you know Joseph Smith says that he's reading them using magical stones. Uh, and the Book of Mormon is is created, and all of a sudden it, it it takes everybody by storm. And Joseph Smith was apparently a one charismatic dude, good looking, you know, smooth talker kind of a thing. And uh, you know, it starts it starts growing, and uh, and 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 he continues to make new writings, new declarations, that kind of stuff. Now the problem with that is that some of these are really quite crazy like you know like then they upset people like saying like for instance um here here is a list of some of them they're not all it's not all there because it's kind of difficult to find and to siphon through basically they said that adam was a god prior to being in the garden of eden remember yeah. when i said that they were all on this planet all right well he was a god um when he was in the garden of eden but he was you know sort of like his godly status it, was is, removed. Is, is heaven considered a planet now uh, well, I believe that it is. Like, uh, Earth was the Garden of Eden, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then it's, because it's still parts of, of, of you know, of, of Christianity are still there, you know? It's like the same mythology, just reinterpreted in kind of a different way. That's mm -hmm. why it's so weird. Uh, there's also the, um, uh, they, they, they basically, the, 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 they stated that, for instance, blacks and whites couldn't marry, um, and that no black person was allowed to become a, a priest. That that was later repealed by the 1978, I think. Finally, they were allowed to be black priests. Though there were still black priests back when Joseph Smith was around, but uh, actually what's funny is that Joseph Smith wasn't the huge racist that uh, I thought he was. It was actually turned out that it was his successors which really hated black people. Like I don't think he actually, actually had much of a problem with it, in fact, he was an abolition, uh, abolitionist, so he, you know, they they called for that. So at least that's progressive. I'll give them that. Mm -hmm. But their their views about black people is kind of like pretty messed up. Well, just the whole thing of uh, black people are are the evil race. That they're the that cursed race. But yeah. you know, get this. Like he he even wrote that at some point some of the Lamanites had um, converted, and then their skin was turned white, so people could be saved. You could be white if you were black. You know, mm -hmm. you could be like Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you. would Turn white. <laughs> yeah, he just Michael Jackson just forgot that he needed to become a priest before he did everything else. There you that go. was his one there mistake. You go. Should have been a Mormon priest and then converted, and all of a sudden, boom, baby, yeah. you're white. You're, and you didn't need to, you know, have all that surgery and. Oh no, he says he doesn't he claim that it's some kind of pigmentation disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, what a fucking load of bullshit that is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now the biggest, the 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 most controversial thing that Joseph Smith ever said and did, this was actually shortly before his death, was that he had a revelation from Moroni, again, Moroni, who told him that all men should have a plurality of wives. That was the big uh, moment, let's say, for the Latter-day Saints, because right when he made that announcement, half of the people left. Like, they were just gone. They said, okay, you know what, we were willing to follow you till then, but the whole multiple wives things, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Uh, and it also kind of creates like a huge amount of conflict with you know the government who's like you're not allowed to have you know uh, polygamous relationships and that kind of stuff and I, I must admit it probably blew everybody's mind over there uh, but it's see the, the whole polygamy thing they got rid of that uh, yeah, by, by, by the uh, 1900s they, they had completely and utterly gotten rid of that and the Mormons have been very careful to eliminate all the other evidence of these weird beliefs. Like, you'll go around, and I'm sure you talk to a Mormon now, and he's going to tell you, that's not what we 
It's not what we believe at all. Adam's not a spaceman. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're going to tell you, well, no, 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 this is, uh, this is not what we believe at all, and just read the Book of Mormon, and then that's fine. And the Book of Mormon is pretty much the abridged version of what it used the to be. The sanitized version. Exactly. It is a very, very sanitized piece. So the Mormon apologists decided, well, let's make our religion more like Christianity, uh, American style, which is a marketing-wise brilliant, which is why there are more Mormons than there are Jews. Uh, you know, so... Good on them, I suppose. And this is also why sort of Mormonism's on the rise. I mean, it's a highly proselytizing religion. And at the very, I mean, like your your understanding of Mormonism was probably something like at the time, uh, don't they just sort of focus on family and aren't they kind of like family-oriented people and that kind of thing? I mean, they always do that whole, like, are you getting away from your family? Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember growing up on Saturday, on Saturday and Sunday afternoons watching television and the Latter-day Saints would always have commercials about not telling lies. Because if you tell one lie, it leads to another. You never saw that? No, I didn't see it that. It was creepy as hell. Really? The kid just wanted to go over and help his friend build a, a tree fort. And he told his parents he was going to go study. And then these guys came out and danced and sang a song. It was fucking creepy. I only remember that uh, they had this one. The, their whole tagline was, isn't it about time? And it's like, spend time with your family. Like, that was the whole... I never even got, but I was like, wow, spending time with family. That, that sounds cool. It's a good message. That's why I was completely surprised when I found out the Latter-day Saints are insane. A little bit crazy, a little bit nutty. Um, but when you think about it, is there a better way to get your crazy religion out there and get some good press than just having an advertisement saying, hey, we're all about love family. E love each other. Just, just go out and love each other. It's like, I can get behind that. Well, I would I would say that probably the majority of, of Mormons consider consider their religion to be about this. Number one, purity of their bodies and souls. So they don't drink caffeine, they don't have alcohol, you know, all the fast food, none of that shit. They're just like your body is a temple and you can't put crap in it. So you know, I'm I'm sure that there's like lots of health nuts that are like, if you're looking for a religion, Mormonism is for you. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's the obviously the other aspect that we talked about. You know, focus on 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 family and marriage and that kind of stuff. They have this one thing called the celestial marriage, which is basically um, their ceremonies is, is saying like, okay, well now you're married forever. Mm. You know, uh, which is interesting because the celestial marriage was used as a way to. Uh, kind of make up for the whole polygamous relationship thing because a person could have multiple celestial marriages and he would all meet these wives in heaven and they would still be his wives and there would be no problem because polygamy is all good. So you could have as many celestial weddings as you wanted. No, no, no. It's just that if something happened to your spouse oh, okay. or if you were divorced because the, the, the Latter-day Saints... Recommends divorce if you are married to someone who does not follow the tenets of the uh, of Mormonism strongly enough. They're like, you need to leave this man and find someone who does believe. Which is why, like Jehovah Witnesses, people who get out of the Mormon Church often say they will literally uh, alienate you when you no longer believe. And it's that kind of thing. You're like their whole celestial marriage is so long as you're both Mormons and you believe deeply, then it's going to be all good. As soon as one of you slips up. We will recommend to your spouse to get rid of your ass. <laughs> Which sounds a bit like thought police in my mind, but uh, you know that's how the religion rolls. So, I mean, we—it's it, funny too because their whole commercials they say, "Well, you know, spend time with your family," but in reality, they're like, "Well, spend time with the Mormons. Spend time with your Mormon family. Forget about all of those others. They're no good." Well, let, let's get into that. Let's get into like the uh, like. Like, look at the idea. We were we were crapping on Jehovah's Witnesses a bit before, and you know we crap on a bunch of other religions that have you know some cult-like aspects to them. 
Uh, what's up with Mormonism and why is it worse than, say, any of the other religions? Well, I wouldn't necessarily... Is this the magical underwear? Is this the silly thing? Is that it? I don't know. In terms of worst, I would say that the its, it's policy of alienation uh, is somewhat worrisome, I would say. But I, I wouldn't consider them as dangerous as... Uh, Jehovah Witnesses, because of uh, Jehovah Witnesses' particular attitudes about blood transfusion and 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 Christian science healing, you know those things where it's like, well, we're not going to go to the doctors, we're just going to pray, and you're not going to get chemo or whatever. Uh, these guys are scary because they they reject uh, health uh, and medical science. Like the that's, Jehovah Witnesses, Jehovah Witnesses reject it, but it's not so not so much for Mormonism. I mean. I, I I don't know too much about how uh, your typical moderate Mormon feels about uh, medical science, but uh, I've I've not heard of many of them bombing abortion clinics and so on and so forth. They generally stay out of that, and, and I can respect that. But they all live in they all live in Utah. They all live in Utah, yeah, and and uh, that's why it's so difficult to get alcohol in Utah, for instance. It's a classic example because that's their attitude towards alcohol. They're like alcohol is is terrible and sinful and so on and so forth. Well, what's and it's bad for your body? What's your thought about an ultra religious state in the United States where they just kind of live and do what they want to do? Are you okay with the idea of with an entire state being run by a, yeah, a religion unofficial? If, if the Mormons were just like you know what we represent everybody in Utah and we're just going to run it the way we want to, how comfortable are you with that? Let's just say not very. <laughs> Mormons are fine when they don't have any power, but I am afraid of the of Mormons having power because they they have weird. There are, there are certain things that I find troubling. Like for instance, the Mormon Church has probably the best genealogical records known. Like they and and the reason they do this is because of a weird thing they do called um, you know sort of post mortem baptisms. So they will look at your lineage and they will go back and baptize the, your deceased relatives to make them Mormons, which pisses everyone off, like going over and sort of like, okay, Socrates is now a Mormon and so on and so forth. And you're like, stop messing with the dead, you creepy bastards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, that's their whole thing to bring everybody under the fold. You know, you can still be baptized when you're dead. So that's why I'm going to be buried in an unmarked grave. <laughs> But yeah, they keep what, they, they, they keep genealogical records of everybody. So they probably have some about you or me or who knows. Like they have massive database of everybody's genealogy. So it would be very interesting to kind of tap into that. I, I would be curious. That is hilariously intriguing. Well, it's kind of like remember how I said Scientology had like this you know huge database of information that they gather on people. Like any time a religion does that, it scares the shit out of me. Like the last time that one religion had gathered a giant database of people was when the Catholic uh, you know church basically handed over documents to Nazis about where Jews were because they had a very good record of who went to their church. So if you didn't go to their church, odds are you were a Jew. Damn. <laughs> and therefore dead. I mean, records can be a pretty scary thing. But I mean, I would just be curious just to find out, um, you know, like, is there cool secret lineages that, 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 that are available? Because they probably spend a lot of money and time doing these damn things. I mean, they consider, consider post-mortem baptism is very important. Mm -hmm. You know, just... Despite what everybody else tells them to stop, they're not going to stop doing that. So on your overall danger list, you'd give the Mormons what? Just like a five? A scale of one to ten? I'd yeah. probably give them a five, yeah. Like, they're... they're I, I don't ever think that they would be so mainstream that they would sort of overtake anything. But yeah. they're they're annoyingly concentrated in Utah. So if you're in, you live in Utah and you're not a Mormon, it's got to be 
annoying to say the fucking least you know what i mean like they are everywhere and they they, they control everything and they have that creepy castle you seen that castle mm-hmm. it's just weird and messed up man it just looks like one of those evil castles that you'd see in a cinderella like story where the evil witch lives yeah it does not look like a friendly castle does it <laughs> with those gigantic pointy moats like it feels like if you were falling from the sky and no parachute and you landed on that church you will be impaled you know what it honestly looks like something that had the arch- the architect was kind of told uh you know just make it so that it can withstand a, st- a siege and don't ask any questions as for why <laughs> i think that it was actually designed from the guy who made that building in ghostbusters <laughs> it's just that level of creeping all right that would that that's kind of like any any Anything else you want to discuss Mormonism? Because I didn't want to go too much into it. I just thought we'd mention kind of like the funny aspects. Yeah, of we, we just go through it. And, I, I'm uh, down with it. I enjoyed it because I, I honestly think it's important to kind of bring all the different religions out, explain kind of what they're about, and, and, and put them somewhere on the creepy scale. Because I'm not afraid really of Mormons. No. Uh, you know, Scientologists, I would never take an e-meter test because I'd be afraid. I of put what... Scientologists at about an eight or a nine in terms of I, I dangers, would, would just lit- because they're fucking messed up in the head i would literally be afraid of going in for an audit yeah who knows what they do like i i've seen some of their brainwashing techniques i mean i could show you videos and uh i don't even think i can withstand those (laughs) it's like prolonged uh you know sort of like psychological uh trauma that kind of shit will mess with your brain like regardless of who you are and uh they're very good at brainwashing people so i i consider scientologists to be far more dangerous i mean I, i anytime i walk into a mormon and he talks to me about religion i mean I, I always get a kick out of it, and I like you it. You don't feel threatened or afraid. <laughs> oh, no. No, there is no... I, I do not feel threatened. And unlike, you know, again, unlike Scientologists, for for instance, if you mention something about their religion, they get very uh, defensive. They get they attack you. They'll try to take you down. They're very litigious and stuff like that. I always rank a religion's scariness as to their degree of litigiousness. And uh, Mormon are only moderately litigious. <laughs> All right. With that, let's wrap up the bonus show. It's an extra long show for everybody. 45 minutes. My gal. Extra long. Extra long. All right. We will catch you Friday for the regular show. Up.